WBCRFM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88.3 Hello, Saints fans, and welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show. My name is Mike Gutzig, your host today, class of 2007 and director of the Siena College in India. My guest is Dr. Robert Porcelli, a graduate of the Siena College class of 1966, and he's a retired scientist and teacher who taught pulmonary physiology at SUNY Stony Brook School of Medicine. He's also served as the project manager for the migration from paper to the electronic health record, EHR, at the Department of Veterans Affairs Hospital in Northport, New York. He and his wife, Stephanie, have a daughter, Danielle, who's an attorney for the United States Marine Corps. And in 2014, he established the Polcelli Family Scholarship in honor and memory of his father, Archie. Today, you're gonna to hear his CN experience, his lacrosse background, his outdoorsmanship, and his relationship with the Friars, especially Father Peter Fiore. Stick with us, Saints fans. You won't want to miss this one. Welcome to the weekend, and welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show. Your Sienna College Connection, 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back, Saints fans, and welcome back to the Saints and Alumni Show. My guest today is Dr. Robert Porcelli from the class of 1966. He's a proud graduate, and we're going to get right back into it. Uh, but thanks so much for joining me today. I, re- I sincerely appreciate it. Well, thanks. Good to be here. Well, got, you know, me out of, got me out of bed early. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, and you're looking good. It looks like you shampooed your hair for this. I did. I even shaved. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. You look beautiful. <laughs> You know, we're just about to start the new semester at Siena College where, you know, classes kick off on September 7th this year. And we've got the, the largest freshman class ever uh, coming to Siena, close to 1,100 students. But, you know, take me back to your years. Take me back to 1963 and 1966. What was, uh, what was the anticipation like for you coming to Loudonville, New York? Well, first of all, it was 62 to 66. Oh, 62 to 66. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, uh, first, let me say this, Mike. None of this will be mechanical, and some of it will clo- cut close to the bone. So bear with me if some of this gets a bit emotive, okay? Absolutely. All right, I first visited campus in 1961, because in those days, <clears throat> before you, you, you put in your application, I was accepted to Siena in the September, late August, early September of my senior year in high school. So everybody else was you know sweating it out I was I was in but then we had to come up and take an entrance exam Mm. and uh so they knew kind of where to place you and with with regard to your uh well I was in pre-med so that was where I was going to be but to fill me into the other tracks of you know the the religious part the philosophy part the other required requirements um so I I first visited campus in 1961 and and I felt comfortable there I was familiar with the Franciscans because at a very young age, um, I was born in Texas. We moved back when I was about two years old and my family was in Mount Vernon, New York. And uh, the parish they historically went to was St. Francis and it was a Franciscan mm-hmm. parish. So um, although some of my colleagues were a little on edge because these guys walking around in sandals and robes and ropes, uh, I, I, fe- I felt uh, very, very familiar. I had no hesitation being surrounded by the men in those brown robes and sandals. 
I, actually, it was a big reason, there were two big reasons for choosing Siena, okay? First was their pre-med program. And second, they had a lacrosse team. I played in high school and uh, this, this was a, a perfect fit for me in lots of ways. Um, it was anticipation for me was very high uh, since I wondered how I would be able to integrate both programs. And it turns out there were about five of us in the pre-med program that played lacrosse. So that was, that was easy. It was a nice combination right there. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it seemed like Siena was the perfect fit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go please. Okay. No, no, you mentioned the largest incoming freshman class. Absolutely. Um, well, it was odd you mentioned that because the class of 66, when we first got there, uh, it was uh, our freshman class was almost half the enrollment of the school because they just finished Ryan Hall and they opened it up the fall of 62. Wow. Okay. So uh, I think there was 450 freshmen, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, we were a tribe, okay? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, two things. First and more, most important, uh, to, what would I suggest to new incoming students uh, for the class of, what is it, 60, uh, 2006, 2000, yeah. 2026. 2026, yeah. sounds right, yes, Man yes. Math deficient, here we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would suggest to them two things, okay? First and most important, settle into your study habits right away. High school study habits don't work. You will <laughs> not find them useful. Um, and quickly as you can, design study habits in your new environment, okay? You're in a dormitory, you're not at home, no parents. Um, a phrase we used to use back then, kiddingly, but it was, holds true today, I guess, is daily preparation and weekly review is the key to academic success. I like that. And anytime somebody got a, uh, a grade that they didn't like, first thing out of somebody else's mouth was daily preparation, key, weekly review is the key to academic success. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that, really. I think that quote did pretty well for you at Siena. Would you agree? Uh, well enough, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like did you did you ever live in Ryan Hall yeah my first year the first year okay so yeah. you were the you were the yeah the, yeah we were up they had they had all the uh, science majors on the fourth floor okay. the third floor were all the arts majors and the uh let's see uh first the second floor I forget with who they were but on the, the first floor were all the business majors so they had it separated. Uh, it was incestuous, I guess. You know? and, <laughs> well, you know, my freshman year was the fall of 03. And I lived in the bottom floor of Ryan Hall, Ryan East, uh, one East. And it was a great experience. And, you know, I don't I don't know if the uh, the rooms had been touched uh, since the since 1962, but it was the best uh, living experience anyone could ask for. I'm still best friends with all the guys in the, in the wing that I live with in Ryan Hall. It was a, a wonderful freshman experience. And I hope the 1,100 freshmen that are coming in uh, this September really get to uh, love it and experience it and get the most out of uh, the, the, the CNA experience. Yeah, the second, second year I was in Plasman. Third year I was in uh, uh, Ryan Hall. Fourth year I was in the downstairs East Wing. Uh, it, it was nice because if you had a guest, they didn't have to jump out of a fourth floor window. <laughs> Interesting. Did you have some guests come visit perhaps? Oh, no, or? no, no. We never did anything like that. Oh, like, no, you're, you're a good guy. We, we were all good. Okay. But they were all, we were mostly all seniors down there. 
now for people that are are not looking at this on YouTube, were you did, did you have your fingers crossed when you no. said that? Or no, no, I... <laughs> no, just making sure. Just making sure. Um, um, the second point uh, about the largest class and my advice: uh, be sure to set up time for play. Okay, be it athletics, social activities, or just being alone with your new friends. Okay, the balance is critical to success. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes on the ball but enjoy being in the stadium. <laughs> oh, I love that. Coming from a, a, a decorated Siena lacrosse player, that, 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 that plays. I like that. I like that very much. You know, it sounds like you had a, a wonderful Siena experience. Let's talk about your Siena relationships. Who have you stayed close with and kind of what person had, at Siena had the most impact on your life and how did it prepare you for your career? You said you wanted radio-friendly I, well, you know, I, I got nothing to say then. <laughs> Seriously, though, there are two things I'd like to mention. Okay, first, uh, as I slog through the third age of my life, I realize that it has been it both it has it, been both in the classroom and out of the classroom teachings by the friars that have sustained uh, me throughout my journey, my life's journey. Okay, second, remember that with one foot in pre med and one foot in varsity athletics. Uh, I've had endearing, my most endearing relationships, even though I had those two separate, let's call them venues or orbs in the Siena student uh, uh, experience, okay? Uh, Most endearing relationships have been with my former teammates. Sure. And that was evidenced at both the 25th and 50th reunions, where the warm and personal feelings were rekindled uh, even after 25 and 50 years. Uh, It was like we never left. Uh, the other students that were, I knew, it was kind of like, hey, how's it going? But the real hugs came from the, the players. From the teammates. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that. You know, and you, you know, and it kind of leads me into my, my next question is, you know, the lacrosse program has kept you very connected to Siena um, throughout the years. What was it like playing back then compared to now? You know, I mean, I know you're, you're up with the program and you, you come to games and you, you know, I get the call after every game is Mike, can you believe this or blah, blah, blah. How about this recruit? You know, I, I know you're up to date on all this stuff, but I would love to know your playing career to, to right now. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about something else afterwards about that. Uh, okay. Well, uh, yes, lacrosse program has kept me happily connected. Okay. But back then it was more like war. <laughs> okay. okay? Okay. Physical contact was the norm, all right? For example, if there's a loose ball, okay, one player, usually the larger of the two, would say, I've got the man, and then the smaller player would say, I got the ball. And my roommate, we played on the same midfield, Robert Oculato, his, uh, his nickname was the Ox. So that's when a, that's he said- the guy you want by your side. I, right, I when he said, I got the man, I knew I had plenty of time to walk up to the ball and pick it up, okay? And um, so you can imagine the outcome. Uh, also, we only had, uh, my senior year, I think we only had 13 players on the team. And generally, if I go back and look at the records, and most we've had 20 players, 18 to 20 players. So we played much of the game. Um, we were lucky to have two midfields. So when I got tired, I'd hold up my stick and somebody from attack would play midfield and I'd go and play attack on the crease and just relax for a while until I caught my breath. Um, the midfield, we had the ox 
was a face-off <laughs> specialist, okay? And uh, you played defense, face-off, offense. You were on the field. That was midfield. None of this, okay, there's a midfield just for face-off, defense, midfield, offense, midfield. So the game has really changed. In fact, when I started looking at the new new, new format, on t- I go, what the hell are they doing? You know, <laughs> and were, what are all these people running around? Yeah. Um, so uh, n- there was no none of the specials. Let's call it specials play. Okay. Okay. Um, the can I can I reminisce about my first shot? Please, please. We were, we were playing uh, RPI. It was my first collegiate game. It was pouring rain. We we're playing up at RPI. And it was just a mud bath, okay? I was playing the crease. Tommy Riley came by, tossed me the ball. I'm standing in front of my back towards the goalie, right in the crease. And I shot it over my my shoulder and I was face down instantaneously in the mud, gurgling. I heard the team, my team members cheer. So I figured it went in, it did. And I got up and I was just, my helmet, my face mask, everything was covered with mud. So when you took a shot, you were down. Okay. none of this uh dancing around stuff you know yeah, yeah. so it, it it was more like war in those days than it is now so it's, it's more of a gentleman's game now who would you say on a side note who was one of the best players that you played with during your Siena career okay we had uh, two okay uh attack was tommy riley and over his career if i uh i i looked into this about two years ago to see who how, how good was Tommy Riley? And I went back through, I came up to the library and the librarian was very good. You did a full books. digital study on all the stats. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I think you even uh, added the stats and went back and found old newspaper clippings, yep, added yep. them to our Nick you know, archives. News. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he scored over 110 10 points. Uh, in those days, that was big time because double figures, the only, only scores that, with double figures with the teams that were playing against us because they scored double figures. But generally the scores were six to four, eight to seven, eight to six, that kind of thing. And so to score that kind of points uh, was really remarkable. The second person was our goalie, Tex Ritter, John Ritter. Um, he had in one game, 39 saves. And that was only, be- we won that game, but it was only because of him. Uh, so when they hear, wow, he's got nine saves this game, 10 saves, 15 games. Wait a minute. This guy had at one time in his career, he had the most saves. He was the most uh, acclaimed goalie in the country. 39 saves in one game. And, Sounds like uh, you played with two pretty great guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we still keep in touch. As right. 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 Got to go back. And I know you've been on the uh, on the, the the prowl to get these guys into the Siena uh, uh, Athletics Hall of Fame. So right, you know, right. if, if if the committee's listening, I think we'll have to uh, get a little a couple more nominations for these guys. All right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And just before we wrap up this first segment, Bob, I want I wanted to talk about the uh, Porcelli Family Scholarship. I know it means <clears throat> so so much to you, and it, it, you 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 set it up to help both the men's and women's programs every year. You know, what impact has it had on your life knowing you've helped so many players with their scenic education, but also helped them on the lacrosse field? Because I know you come up for the scholarship dinner every year. You, you, you play an active part in their lives. So please, let me, let me hear a little bit about that. Well, a bit, a bit of history first. Um, uh, in the, it was the spring of my freshman year. My dad was swindled out of his business, the family business. Uh, he had poured every cent we had into that effort. And... Um, as a result, we were penny, literally penniless, okay? Uh, my, both parents went to work to keep the family afloat. 
and I got a job cleaning Ryan Hall after the daytime porters left. So I was dusting, mop, wet mopping the entire dormitory, throwing out garbage, touching up the bathrooms. But on weekends, <clears throat> the dormitory was mine. So um, nice. needless to say, anybody that came drinking and puked in the sink <laughs> got a visit from me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. A couple hard and, knocks on that door. Right. right. And, uh, and that, that got me through. And then on vacations, I sold shoes and miles, shoe stores and so forth. And we made it through. And I didn't have to leave school because I really thought I would have to in my sophomore year. Uh, since then, the family's been very successful. And I, when my dad, Archie, died several years ago, um, I was looking for a way to commemorate his life. And I thought that there might be some lacrosse players um, who might have been in similar situations. Their family may have been in some similar situations. And maybe I could help in some small way. And that's uh, the rest is history, of course. We helped some amazing young people, men and women, mm -hmm. over the course of the years. And we remember them all. Yes. Uh, and we enjoy seeing them at some alumni events. Uh, uh, the alumni lacrosse game is usually play, played by a number of the players we, uh, we, we helped. And the, the Fiorello family, we have helped yes. uh, uh, Annie. And then um, her sister came up and yep. uh, we're, we're helping them too. And uh, Joe, the father, was a lacrosse player for Siena. And we meet, even though we're not classmates or whatever, we see each other at the, at the alumni games. And uh, I know Archie looks down and smiles. He absolutely does. And I know just looking at you when you're talking about this, it means a lot to you. And I know, you know you've helped countless numbers of players here. And we, everybody at Siena thanks you and your family and your dad for what, you, what you've done for us. So Can, can I jump know. back to the Siena relationships? Please, please. Um, Okay, uh, I can't hold myself to one individual. If you ask me one individual, it really made a difference. But uh, let me list them quickly in no, no, no term, no important uh, list uh, order, okay? First was uh, Professor Thomas Whaling in biology. Uh, he convinced me that I'd make a better researcher than a physician. And he opened up a lifelong profession that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the second was Father Anthony Moore, uh, who opened my eyes really to the love of God and how to appreciate that love. Then there was Father Cyprian, he was a chemistry teacher, who taught me how to persevere to do whatever it takes to succeed, okay? Despite all the disappointments along the way. And I had a big disappointment in his class, that's why. <laughs> he actually helped marry, he was on the, he married one of the friars that married us. Of course, there's Father Peter Fiore, uh, who taught me how to appreciate, that this is important, he taught me how to appreciate humanity through humanity's written words. Okay, Love that. That, that, that's, in, that's what all your arts courses are about, whether it's the graphic arts or the written arts. And uh, last but not least, of course, his father, Senator San Frantello, who taught me how to balance the spiritual and mortal, uh, all with a sense of humor. He, he once caught me uh, in a sh shaving cream fight uh-oh. Well, it was a floor war, actually. And uh, we had- It was those uh, damn business kids on floor one at Ryan Hall. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the, the, the east wing looked like a tube of shaving cream. And of course, being the porter, I had the vacuums and all the rest. And we were cleaning up and Father Senator, who was a prefect on the floor, came in. And he says, he, I was the only one he really knew. And he says, Porcelli, what's going on here? And I'm on a ladder cleaning the ceiling. And I looked at him and says, Father, cleanliness is next to godliness he turned purple and walked out 
<laughs> that relationship continued because he went to NYU when I went to NYU after graduating. He went down to get his PhD in English. And so we, we met frequently uh, during those four years afterwards. I love it. I mean, it, it, we'll get into Father Peter Fiore in our next segment. Okay. But uh, it sounds like you really went above and beyond getting to know the friars and and and, and having a floor wars. I, I I love that story. That's that's wonderful to hear. <laughs> and and just before we end this first segment, Bob, when was the last time you donned your uh, Siena lacrosse apparel? I, I, there's a rumor going around that you may have uh, suited up for an alumni game. The other day. No, 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 no. I can't oh, run anymore. I got a fake knee. I got a titanium knee and four stents in my heart. You think <laughs> I'm going to go out with there with those big boys? Uh, I doubt it. Not without. You just got to. You got to find another ox. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know? he comes to the alumni game. Well, no, he doesn't come to the alumni games. I should get him to one. Uh, but uh, no, no, no. The shorts don't fit. The shirts that, that I save don't fit. Although the one you gave me fits. And uh, uh, the, looks good. Uh, quick story. Yeah. Yeah, I got time. Um, yep. So to take that picture of then and now that you have, uh, I went down to the local high school uh, where Liam Gleason played lacrosse in our town here. In the head Chicago. coach of Siena lacrosse at the men's yeah, program. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And um, so I went in front of the one of the goals and Steph is taking these pictures of me with my stick and my Siena 11 shirt, right? The new one. And all this the lacrosse team comes down, the high school lacrosse team. And they're all kind of looking at me and they're kind of circling around like they're, they're stalking, you know, mm -hmm. and then nobody said anything. So I said, well, come on, honey, we got to go. And one kid said, hello, sir. And I went, hi, kid, how you doing? And they all kind of went, fine. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. Did you teach anyway. him a thing or two? Um, no. Um, <laughs> actually, there was a kid down there that we, we tossed the ball around who's now playing for... Uh, Navy, uh, oh, Navy wow. or Army, uh, Javier Airline. Wow. He got uh, across scholarships in North Carolina, but then I just recently saw he's playing football for one of the service schools and lacrosse. See, your advice paid off. What what advice? Yeah. <laughs> All right, at Saints fans, stay stick with us. We'll be right back with Dr. Robert Porcelli from the class of 1966 here on WVCR in the Saints and Alumni Show. Hey. You found us. 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to WVCR 88.3, The Saint. I'm your host today, Mike Utzig from the class of 2007, interviewing the great and the godly man, Dr. Robert Porcelli, class of 1966. You've heard his, his Siena upbringing, and now we're going to get into a little personal business with, with, with Dr. Porcelli. And, you know, one thing I've always noticed about you, uh, you've always been an outdoorsman. You love it. You've been on countless fishing and hunting trips you know what type of what, what are some of the best trips you've uh, ever been on and what type of fish are you currently uh, angling for oh the trips are easy number one fly fishing for trophy trout uh, rainbow trout in north in northern georgia king salmon on the fly in the salmon river in upstate new york okay these are all fly fishing now okay uh bone fishing in the cayman islands Okay. And saltwater fishing for striped bass, bluefish, false albacore on a fly out in the ocean. Whew. Nothing like an albie hitting your fly that you've tied at 35 miles an hour. He whacks it and takes you on a ride. Um, and last, uh, and the most spectacular, I have to say, is chasing pheasant around the high prairies of South Dakota. I've done that 15 times. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's really something. 
to be out there. Um, grass, as far as the eye can see, you get a feeling for uh, for the greatness of the country. Um, currently, I fly fish for brook trout, rainbow trout, brown trout on the rivers of Long Island, and on I surf cast during the summer. We have a beach house on Fire Island. And then, in, of course, there's Montauk at the end of October, early November for a week, surf casting. So uh, uh, is that enough? <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're a pretty decorated fisherman. You know, hey, it, sound, it I, sounds like it. If, some, if I could be a guarantee, if I had a chance at a fish in a sewer in <laughs> Times Square, you'd yep. see me sitting on a curb <laughs> jigging for that fish. Okay. Here's a off the top, off our, our, our schedule topic. What, what type of, if you're out at a restaurant, what type of fish are you ordering? Is there any specific, the most, your most delicious catch you, you would want? Lamb chops. Lamb no, chops. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Something I couldn't catch and eat. Okay. Okay. Um, so I catch striped bass. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't order striped bass. Right. But uh, if they had mahi-mahi, I've never caught a mahi-mahi, I'd go for that. Um, I try to stay away from uh, farm-raised fish, but you can't tell in a restaurant. Uh, but uh, generally, uh, fluke, flounder, eh, we get them anyway, you know. Sure. Uh, but something that is a little more exotic if it's on the menu. And that goes for meat as well. We have a uh, bison restaurant out in Riverhead here, and the guy raises his own uh, buffalo bison out here. He has a ranch. And um, there's nothing like a bison porterhouse grill. Mm. Mm. But if he has elk, I'll get the elk. All right. Okay? So that's... Uh, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you know, you, you're out, you're an outdoorsman, you, you, you know, you're obviously, you, you, you have different facets of your life. And, and one thing, you know, since you've retired, you've become a, a poet and a novelist. And I, I've been inspired by some of your works. And, you know, uh, what have your, what are some of your favorite works so far that you've, that you've completed? Well, let's take it easy. There's only oh. one novel. Okay. okay. Um, the Brown Robes was, uh, well, the, the the brown robes started the poetry uh, thing. Um, I got the notion at 1 a.m. in the shower and uh, okay. dry, dried myself off and uh, went, to, went to the computer, computer room and it just flowed onto the screen. Um, then I came to realize that I could put to pen a lot of things that uh, emotionally have made an impact on me over the 70, 76 years. Um, there was another essay I did about uh, as a teen losing my dog Coco. Um, we never got another one, so we never, I never got over it. And there's a line in Bojangles where he goes for 20 years with his dog and the dog died and he still grieves. When I play that to him, but I can never sing that. And I just said, you know, I've got to write this down, uh, kind of close it out. Um, so, um, I mean, heretofore I've written scientific articles. I've written chapters and books on pulmonary physiology and lung disease. So these screeds were really something that were a radical departure of the writing I had done uh, throughout my career. I had a mentor um, for my doctorate, my postdoctoral fellowship, and uh, my faculty chairman of pulmonary disease here at Stony Brook, who always said, whatever you write should be a piece of literature. When they read your grant, your paper, whatever you're writing, your proposal, they should say, it's well-written, it's clear, I understood it. He's full of you-know-what, but it's, it, <laughs> you know, he said, so, the, and when you, when you give a presentation, it should not be just to do it to get, it, get through it. It should be something that people remember. 
And so I kind of went from, we'll talk about Father Peter later, but from Peter to a man named Ed Bogofsky who really kind of carried that ball forward. You know, and and for our listeners, if if you'd like to read um, Dr. Porcelli's work and especially the the poem, The Brown Robes, uh, he was profiled by the Holy Name Province uh, just a couple months ago. And his work is, is on their website, and there's a nice profile about him. So uh, hnp.org, uh, and you can go check that out. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful poem. Uh, hey, there's a little rumor, though. There's a, a new book, perhaps, on the way. Could we, uh, can we dive into that a little bit? Maybe what was the uh, inspiration about putting everything together? Well, uh, a new book, the only book. All right. Well, you know, I just <laughs> a novel. It, it, it is a novel. Yes. Um, I, there's another one of these things where Steph, it's, it's amazing she's still married to me. Um, <laughs> I was reading an article in Natural History Magazine at 2 a.m. in bed, right? And it was about this water vapor pressure layer that is right at the interface between space and our atmosphere. And uh, the question was, this guy, scientist's name was William Hamilton. And he asked the question as to whether the water vapor pressure la- layer existed and these bugs somehow got there. Or did they create their environment by respiration and all the rest? And I turned to Steph and I said, honey, what happens if one of these bugs comes down into the human population? They've been exposed to radiation of all sorts, gamma rays, cosmic rays, all the rest, x-rays. We'd have no defense for that. And I said, it could wipe out all of humanity. And she goes, that's a novel of a book. She rolled over and went back to sleep. So I wrote it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it's it. Called, uh, it's called The Last Chapter, A Tale of Pestilence, Past, Present, and Future. And she's um, about halfway through her final edit. Okay. And then uh, I'll make an attempt to get it published. Yeah, I put too much work in it. Well, well when you do, we'll let our uh, alumni community know that, uh, that this <laughs> book is available. Anybody wants it, I'll send them an e- e- e-copy right away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Saints fans, today my guest is Dr. Robert Porcelli from the class of 1966. He's an accomplished physician. Uh, you know, he's an accomplished author. He's an accomplished lacrosse player, accomplished philanthropist. He's just, he's the guy. And uh, I'm really happy to have him on the show today. And I should you know, die right now. I should die right now. <laughs> no, please, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, you've helped guide so many people we talked about in our last segment, but you know, speaking of, you know, your father and, and people at Siena, was, was there a certain perhaps English professor at Siena that helped guide you in your, in you, your life? You baited me. Uh, <laughs> during my student days, yes. Father Peter, who in AKA in those days was called Father Amadeus. He was truly an inspiration. Even though I was in biology, we had to take two years of English. And so I took a number of courses with him. Um, and he made literature and by extension learning uh, 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 an act that to, to be treasured and enjoyed. Okay. I would always refer to his classes, you know, whenever I talk, Oh, I learned that in Father Peter's class. Uh, um, and on occasion, on occasion, we lost touch, obviously when I graduated, um, on occasion, on the occasion of his 90th birthday, I sent him a card thanking him for what his classes meant to me, uh, through, throughout all these years. I've always been an avid reader of the classics and all the rest, even though I was in medicine. Uh, that started a renewed relationship. He wrote me back. Yes. And when at Siena, we visit, visited, and he encouraged my writing. 
uh, I felt um, if he could encourage my writing, I could write. Okay. Uh, our relationship, uh, unfortunately, has gone silent since he retired and moved to Florida. And I miss him. I really do. I know he has seen the brown robes, thanks to you. Yes. And, uh, and the piece I wrote for the Holy Name Province, which you referred to. I mean, I really hope he enjoyed them and can reflect on the fact that uh, he sees his influences continued throughout my life. Well, what we're going to try and do is get this audio and video to, to Father Peter, too, just to to, to let him know that he's 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 missed here at Siena and he's he's always thought of and he's had a, a an inspiration on not only you but on many. I know when people uh, used to come back for reunion weekends, you know they they would always ask, "Where's Father Peter? Where's Father Peter? Where's Father Amadeus?" And for a new guy that was at Siena, I, I was like, I had to go look for two two friars. I didn't know, right, right. You, you know. So uh, you know, it was it was a, a learning experience, but it it, it certainly was one I, I treasured. So I think it was just because his his photo was in a post office under Father Amadeus. <laughs> I wanted Prost the poster. He came back as Father Peter. Yeah. He's uh, one, one of the best, one of the best. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, be, before we, we wrap up today, and again, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Petrelli. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to, to, to come on and share your Sienna story and, and, and give some advice to the incoming freshmen. But, you know, we, we, we have a tagline here at Sienna, you know, Sienna is, the education for a lifetime, you know, and as a, as a proud member of the class of 1966, who's experienced uh, Siena in the 60s, all the way up to, to now dealing with, you know, uh, the men's and, and women's lacrosse players and, and, and their families, and you get to see firsthand the Siena experience. Do you think that tagline holds true? Is it the education for a lifetime? Yeah, I think it is, at least for me, I can't speak for uh, my, my classmates, all my classmates. Um, when we, there was a meeting of all the freshman class in Sarah Hall, is that still called Sarah Hall, the yep. dining hall? Yep. Um, and uh, Father Brian Duffy, who was the president at the time, came in. And in, in along the different things he was telling us, he said, remember, you're here. We're here to do two things, to teach you how to make a living and also how to make, um, let me give a, let me step back, how to make a, how to earn, we're going to teach you two things, how to earn a living and how to live. And that uh, has kind of been my credo, along with daily preparation and weekly review. Um, <laughs> but a short story. When I left science and I retired from federal service in Stony Brook's faculty, I was a consultant for a startup company in, in, in California. I was a consultant. Um, I was flying back from a client in West Texas, which was not my home, my home is San Antonio, but uh, my natal home uh, was uh, Midland, Texas, Odessa Midland. Uh, and on one occasion, a gentleman from, uh, sat next to me on the plane, okay? Um, he, and he reached in his bag and he put, took, a, took out a Bible and he started reading. So uh, we struck up a conversation, he was flying to Washington and it turned out he was a Baptist pastor of a church in Washington, DC, in a very poor section of Washington, D.C. We discussed it, all kinds of things, okay? Uh, philosophy, religion, uh, society in general. For me, it was a very memorable flight. Um, importantly, I never told him what my religious affiliation was. What did, what did I honestly believe in a way of a religious uh, experience, okay? Um, or my religious affiliation. 
But he got up to leave when we got to DC, Washington, um, shook my hand and he turned to me and he thanked me for the discussion and said, you're a Franciscan. Now you wanna ask your question again? <laughs> I don't think I need to. I think uh, that sums it up pretty, pretty special. So, and uh, I think a lot of CNN alumni and people not even, uh, not even alumni, friends and people that have associated with CNN, uh, they, they, they feel the same way. So, and you know, it's whether you deal with a, a special friar or you've had a special class here at Siena with a friar or you've, you've streamed mass, you know, every Sunday uh, on Facebook with our Siena Friars webpage, or you've been, uh, been baptized by a friar or married by a friar, or, you know, it's just, there's a calming presence and a, a, a loving and, 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 and truly uh, special relationship they, they have. And it's, uh, uh, we're, we're all blessed to know the friars of Siena College. It's a shame that they're not as many as when we went to school. I think when we went to school, the friary had 175 friars. They taught just about every class. The exception was a, a, a civvy teaching a class. Um, and uh, that only magnified the experience and the stories you can tell throughout your life, you know. But uh, when you tell those stories, it really has a, a, an impact not on uh, on your on your being, you know. I mean, uh, it's hard to get away from the brown robes. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, take that into your weekend and enjoy that because uh, I think Dr. Porcelli summed it up perfectly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the WVCR Saints and Alumni Show. It was a special interview with a proud member from the class of 1966, Dr. Robert Porcelli. We thank you, we appreciate you, and we, we honor all that you've done for us here at Siena College. And uh, it seems like you got a, a lot out of it as well. And uh, it, it's, Thanks, a, it, it's a definitely a special place. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with WVCR 88.3, The Saint.